Girl, Your Journey Starts Here focuses on helping women in business master their mental health. Hosted by Olivia B. Shepard, this podcast presents the best content on businesses, self-development, and self-care. Based on a completely different approach than other similar podcasts, Olivia also narrates how this content applies to womanhood, feminism, and everything in between. With Olivia, you will have your moment of transformation, no matter where you are in your life. Welcome to Girl Your Journey Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Olivia B. Shepard, your transformation and biz coach. I help relentless entrepreneurs like myself master entrepreneurship and mental health. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. Now, like I told you in the previous podcast that I was going to be having some amazing coaches and entrepreneurs on to be interviewed because I wanted to learn about everybody's journey. And so this week I have to be to say that I'm a little biased by this particular guest because we both are powerhouse alums. We this was our coach Chandra Brooks Academy where she did a group coaching program that a lot of us went through. I think I was eight and he was seven. Um don't quote me on that. I'll have him I guess fill you in. But he was the only man to graduate from that program. So, you know, big ups to him. So, like I said, I'm a little biased by this interview because I am super excited that Norman J. Liverpool IV has decided to accept my invitation and grace my podcast. Now, Norman is an entrepreneur and a speaker. He's also a dedicated professional with a passion for spreading awareness for the LGBTQ plus community and the issues that this community faces. He's also the creator of a signature mentorship and coaching program designed for the LGBTQ plus community. It is called Over the Top Living. So without further ado, please help me, you know, just 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 be so excited like I am like totally be if I could like if y'all could see me clapping I am totally very excited about this guest without further ado Mr. Norman J. Liverpool all righty so I am like I told you all in the beginning in my intro that I'm a little biased um with this particular interview because I am obsessed with following Norman I really 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 like just watch everything he does but also we both are powerhouse alums and we are coached still being coached even though we finished the program but we are still mm-hmm. being coached by our awesome coach Miss Chandra Brooks so I was just ready for this podcast we both have our cocktails so y'all can't <laughs> see us but we both have our cocktails and we are ready to give you all the conversation so Norman without further ado introduce yourself Well, first of all, I got to tell everyone, you already know who it is, but in case you need a reminder, I can take care of that. It's your best friend, your good Judy, your next door neighbor, your niece, your nephew, your cousin, your great auntie, and your gunkle. My name is Norman J. Liverpool IV, and I am broadcasting live and in color. Oh, I love it. Vegas. And y'all, he means that literally because you should see his background. We're actually doing this Zoom so I can see him. He can see me, but y'all can't see us. So we're just going to talk 
like y'all right here with us. We're in the living right, room. Right, just come on in. Is that, what did the old folks say? Come on in the room? Come on in the room. Come on in the room. Now, Norma, introduce yourself to them. Tell them, you know, what you do, why you started this journey, why you wanted to become an LGBT. Q coach of something I've never heard of before. This is why I'm very, very excited about this interview because I think this is such an awesome time, especially during this pandemic, for you to have an outlet for other queer, you know, gay folks to just come. You know, yeah. they follow you and following your shoes. So tell them about your journey to where you are now. Well, thank you. First of all, I just have to say, Olivia, I am just so happy that we finally are able to have this conversation after interacting on social media. Because I'm telling you, if COVID was not a thing, I would have been to your house already. (laughs) So first, I just want to thank you and honor you for creating a space for me here today. Yes, thank Um, you. As she mentioned, my name is Norman J. Liverpool IV. I am the founder and experience director of Over the Top Living. And Over the Top Living is two things. It's one, it's my public speaking platform. Um, So I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I've partnered with organizations such as the College of Southern Nevada and other organizations here locally. You know, I've partnered with an amazing organization called Ladies Who Leverage, just all different types of things where I'm able to do speaking. But it also houses my mentorship and coaching program. And the mentorship and coaching program is called Evolve, and it is specifically designed for the LGBTQ plus community. And so I identify as an LGBTQ plus confidence coach. Now, where did this come from? This came from being a black gay boy in Chicago in unapologetically Christian and unashamedly black household. So when you put all of that together, coupled with I'm just Black in America, (laughs) I mean, it's a need for this. And you know, know, Olivia, there's a quote from the movie Trade, and it says, being a Black man in America is an experience that can never be justified. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So imagine being a Black gay man. And so the mere presence of the fact that my existence has to be justified is why I do what I do. And that's the thing. I know that, like I said, being this particular coach, like I said, we, we have so many coaches out there. I'm a transformation biz coach. We have wellness coaches. We have our coach, um, you know, Chandra. But we've never heard anybody come out just as proud. Like, you're proud, okay? Yeah. I freaking love everything about you and your life. You are living unapologetically, and I love that about you. So tell the the 17 year old 18 19 year old you know queer child that's sitting in school or you know doing online school right now because of a pandemic but tell that child who wants to speak who wants to say things you know being you know especially to the black little boy who is sitting there now with their fingers crossed panning and thinking like my dad wants me to play football but i want to be out here i'm gay i want to be out here tell that 17 year old what they can be doing how they can be you know get themselves i guess you know maybe give them your story you know tell them how you dealt with trying to come up in an era where you know being black is a crime and lord knows being gay is another crime so 
you know, especially growing up in a black church household. So tell yeah. that 17-year-old, that 18-year-old, that 19-year-old that's still living at home right now who can't express themselves, what they can be doing, how they should be living, and especially to take care of their mental health while they're still suppressing their thoughts. The thing is this, and, you know, when I was coming up, there was a very big push for coming out. You know, like it was like you're well no, let me let me let me backtrack. When I was that age, it was about staying in the closet. It was about not living in your truth and allowing the people around you to tell you who you are. Now, I don't discredit that because guess what? When you're in that age and living at home, you have to do what you have to do to remain safe. And I never am the type of person that's going to say, you need to come out. You need to do that. You, you, only you will know that. But what I will tell you is I have learned and I get emotional every time I share this story is that there are people specifically designed to keep you quiet. And I call those the closeters. Those are the types of people who want to keep you in the closet, keep your mouth shut, keep your story hidden. And what I have learned, Olivia, in my research and in my personal experience is that a majority of the time, the people that want you to be quiet want you to do so because they don't own their part in your story. And so if I am the villain in your story, I want you to be quiet. So what I tell to that person is, first of all, know that your story is your own. You know, if something happened to you, if something uh, occurred in your life, you own that experience and you have a responsibility to share it. Now, how you share it, when you share it and with whom you share it, only you can answer that. What I would highly recommend is trying to find a trusted friend or a trusted adult, whether that be a, a teacher or a, a minister, and I, and, I, and I say that even cautiously with my experience, but try to find a trusted adult in which you can, that you can confide in. And if not, understand that it's not going to be this way forever. And I know a lot of people say that stuff and it's super cliche that it gets better, but it truly gets better. Because I am now 34. I'm not that 17-year-old kid that was getting bullied in an all-boys Catholic high school in a suburb of Chicago. Hmm. I say that because anyone listening, they're going to know what school that is. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not that person anymore. So yeah, I had to move and go from spectrum to spectrum to spectrum. But guess what? Because I did it, you don't have to. That is why I created my business because... I spent so many years turning my wheels, trying to figure out who I am. Am I black? Am I gay? Am I gay and black? You know, the people, they call you a fag. They call you this. They call you, you know, all of these things. And you're too black for white people and too gay for black people. Away with that. Understand that where you are right now is not where you're going to be. If I had told my 17-year-old self that, Norman, when you're a 34, you are not only going to be successful in corporate America, but you are going to own two businesses. Exactly. I would have said, uh, 
you have the wrong person. So immediately do what you got to do to be safe. Okay. Whether that is coming out or not, and only you know that, but just know that there's something on the inside of you that then becomes someone else's survival guide. Do you feel what I'm saying? Like because of people like Asa Laveau, who I'm working with now um, with the 10K Society, he is America's number one entrepreneur coach. So he specifically helps queer identified LGBTQIA plus entrepreneurs. So understand that we are creating a space so that you can go from A to Z quicker. And I like, you know, just to go back to when you said that about your story, because not even just for queer people, but even just for just plain old people like myself who's been raped, you know, through incest and everything. You are right about them pushing family push stuff under the rug because they don't have a part in your story or they look bad in the story. Right, because think about it, just with your example, just with your example, there's a bunch of people that would want to keep that story hidden. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) The the person that should have known that didn't. Exactly. Didn't. The person that knew about it and didn't say nothing. That's right. So you're right, closeters, no matter what lifestyle you identify within or who you are, you have closeters. Even use our coach Chandra as an example, who is the author of Black, Brown, and Political. Right. I'm sure that there were people who was like, Chandra, you were a teenage mother. Mm-hmm. Keep your message to yourself. But when you truly share your story and own it, you walk in a different level of confidence right. that allows you to unleash your unicorn power. Exactly. Sometimes some of the mentorship I do, I've met some people and I know a little guy right now that's just kind of stuck in between and he's playing basketball right now. And that's not what he wants to do. He wants to twirl, you know, and he, you know, that's like, that's what he says to Lady O, you know, he'll talk to me and and, he, and he's a client of, well, his mom's a client and I cleaned their house and I'm just like, I don't know what to say to him because of the simple fact, matter of fact, I can't wait for him to hear this podcast, but I don't know what to say to him, but he's sitting there not being him true self. And this is why suicide is so high in black and teens, because this is the reason why they do it because they can't be themselves. Baby, the Trevor Project, and don't quote me on these statistics. I wish I would have had them prepared. The Trevor Project released their 2020 study of youth. It was something like 40% said that they had either tried to harm themselves. There was another 40% that said that they had uh, diagnosed anxiety disorder. Yep. Yep. Someone who has experienced anxiety and anxiety attacks I would not have known what to do as a young person at, with an anxiety attack. I thought I was having a heart attack yeah, or something. And so the fact that those numbers are so high, now the question becomes, parents, are you creating the space yeah. for your child to be themselves? Because we put, we put a lot of emphasis on coming out, coming out. Sometimes it's about coming in. 
And so when we really come in and are given the space to come into ourselves, it's a, a completely different ball game. You know, Olivia, I had a woman, <clears throat> Dr. Timon Davis, on my show, and I had asked her, you know, she is a mentor of mine and also has a gay son. And I asked her, I said, how was it when your son came out? He said, my son did not come out to me. I helped him through coming out. So he did not come out to me. I recognized something in my son and we came out together. This is what people don't understand. For those parents and nieces and nephews and aunties and uncles, you are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, whether you want to be or not. (laughs) You are a part of it. Do you understand? Just like me, right? I was married to a white man. When he married me, he became part of my family. He is part of this black family. And it's the same thing. So when you are denying your child or your relative, you're truly denying a part of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You know, society has, we say that we accept it. We, you know, we, I think what we do is, we, we look at people we see on TV. We are okay with the people on TV. But I have literally heard people in my family say, your son, my son better not be gay, or I'll beat his ass, or this, 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 And I'm like, you know what? That's just not the way to be. Because these children, you know, and I hear a lot too, well, you're not born that way. You, you, I say, you don't know. And I have to get hold to my husband sometimes because he, you know, the homophobic is real, okay? When it comes to sexual, you know, heterosexual men, even with my son, the heterosexual men, for some reason, you know, it's, it's their instinct to just be homophobic. Okay. So when my husband, you know, came around, you know, I had to start, all I had was gay friends. And he would say, well, are you gay? I said, just because I hang with them doesn't make me that, who that, what they do. My sex life is different. But I had to let him know, first off, boo, everybody gay don't want you. I had to both tell them that. And trust me, probably (laughs) 99.99%. Yeah, you know, it's like, you ain't that good looking. Stop, don't flatter yourself, okay? So I had to explain to my husband who my friends were, what we were about, what we did. And I had to explain that to my son because I said, hey, you know, his uncles, you know, my best friends are gay. They've been with him since he's been a little boy. So these are your uncles, your aunties. So what? But they don't show, you know, they're not as flamboyant around him. You know, they have all the mad respect. I even had a guy that used to do my hair who was- But you want to know, I got to stop you there, Olivia. Mm -hmm. That is so dangerous. And I'm going to tell you what's dangerous. What's dangerous about that is, I get it. There are certain- a time and a place for everything. So for example, I'm not going to be around, you know, let's say my mother in a G-string and a, you know, spaghetti, you know, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. However, when we begin to start changing our behaviors around certain people, gives them permission to look at us differently. I like that. No, No different. I have a niece and nephew. They know Uncle Norman is Uncle Norman, and it, he does not play. That's right. They, and, and they know that, they, that I have, a, you know, they have another uncle with me. That's right. But it was very important for me to be myself consistently, whether yeah. I am at work, whether I am with my family, whether I am, you know, dealing with a corporate event, you get Norman. 
Because the moment I water myself down, I give you control over my story. And see, I like that. And I didn't think about it that way. They would tell me it was out of respect. And then the guy that used to do my hair, you know, Terencio, he was, it was who he was. Okay. Well, one night he came to my home to do my hair, but he was in drag. And he saw my, my son was a little boy at the time. And he, he ran, he ran back in the car. And he was like, I was like, well, wait, wait, why are you running? And he started crying. I was like, well, what's wrong? He said, well, I never wanted your son to see me that way. And I said, well, he doesn't know, right? You're a Terencio when you're doing my hair, but when you came to my house, you were Pocahontas. He doesn't know who that is. That's not his business. He just knows it's just this lady that's at my house now. He doesn't know. And like I explained to my friends or anybody that's around us, and I think like with my son, he was more comfortable with my cousins that were lesbians because it was more of the butch man thing. Right. You know, than he was with my two best, you know, my other cousins and my best friend, who's a white guy, you know, the prance and stuff. But he's, I mean, they both have grown to into that now that I've explained it to them and how, you know, this is how it's going to be. Now, you know, all of them, are, we're all family. Like, they're my people. Right. And but that's I the, way like that the it, fact that they don't, they don't have to water themselves down. Because no. my son now is going to accept, he does accept them, but I like that. I don't ever want them to water who they are down in front of me, in front of my husband, in front of nobody. You no, know, because that right. one moment. That's right. Like this, as a queer person, and especially as a queer person of color, us to come out of the closet. Let me tell you, uh, Olivia, for me to come out took me moving 2,000 miles away. So for us, our journeys to come out are twice as hard. And I know that there's some people that are not going to agree with that. That's fine. But as Nene Leak says, I said what I said. It is twice as hard to do that because you have society and your family looking at you in this way. And I'm going to share something with you and I have permission to share it. Now, my mother, when I came out to her, she said, you will not live to see 30. And that I was 21. Do you know that every year on my birthday, I was terrified until my 30th birthday and I'm going to tell you, God turned that whole situation around. Mm-hmm. When I turned 30, by that time, my mom had completely came around, was yeah. my biggest supporter, and flew to Vegas to celebrate my 30th birthday with me. But from the time that I was 22 to the time that I turned 30, now, yeah, I had fun on my birthday. But when I would go to sleep, I'm like, am I going to die? Is it a curse? Yeah. It, and, and it was the weight of that. And mom didn't even remember saying it. So this is why how we have to be so careful. You know, bullying starts at home, Olivia. Yeah. Oh, I know. Talking about, oh, he's soft. Oh, this is this. Why is so fast? And let me tell you why that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because not every boy that does that is gay. No. What happens is I went through a period of not knowing what the name was of what I was feeling, but everyone outside was projecting that onto me. And I even told a classmate, I said, you called me gay before I knew what gay was. And what you do is 
you shrink a person's ability to know themselves because it's like, well, clearly they see something that I don't see. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, that's so funny you say that too, because with my son, me being a teenage mom, it was just, it was me, my sister and my mom. So I was raising a boy. And, you know, and his dad lived in up towards Charlotte area. So I was here in Columbia. So his dad wasn't like right here with him. And so I would use, let him use the restroom sitting down. Uh-huh. And, you know, I would put him on pink. You know, this was back in 95, 90, well, I had my son in 96, 96, 97. So I would put him on pink. Cause I'm like, okay, pink is cute. It was, it was Ralph Lauren. You know what I'm saying? But it was just happened to be Ralph Lauren, but it was pink. And I went here, you gonna make that boy gay. That boy gonna be gay. You, why are you making him sit down like that? That boy gonna be gay. Now I'm like, as I look back to that, and my, now that I have my own grandbaby, my son, the, his mom sent us a picture and she had like those filters on it and my son was pissed oh he gonna be like why is he doing splits and blah 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 I said see first off he's a child he is only doing what he has a sister okay he's three years old right now if she's been doing a split he's going to do a split. He's right. mimicking what she's doing. He's not mimicking being a girl. He's full boy. But right. But my thing is boy. this. But then the question becomes, what if? Hey, let me tell you, speaking of that, I used to tell people, I would rather buy a dress than canteen. That's what I used to tell people. I said, if, so if y'all think my boy gay, because I used to call him the Barbie doll Ken, because I, his name is Kenneth, and I used to dress him real pretty, well, nice. And they would call him gay, whatever. And I said, well, let me tell you something. I would rather buy that dress than canteen. But guess what I end up buying? A canteen. canteen. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? My, my thugged out son ended up in prison, even though I dressed him with, of what y'all so-called gay. And that's how it does start. So you're right. Every kid that switches or flips or every little boy is not gay. He was playing with doll babies and my son would snatch the doll baby from him. I said, don't do that. But you want to know what? But let me tell you, Mm -hmm. what's mind-blowing about this is, now fast forward 20 years, right? I'm going to walk you through a scenario. Your grandbaby, let's just say he's straight. I don't know him. Yeah. Let's just say he's heterosexual. He has a son or a daughter. Now, because his father said, you don't play with dolls, he doesn't even know how to begin to care for his child. They, they say, oh, don't let boys play with kitchen sets, but then is mad when a man can't cook. Oh, say it again. And so it's a perpetuation of a cycle that is so, a lot of people call it toxic masculinity. I don't call it toxic. It's not toxic. It's no. fragile. It's no. weak. If you're so weak in your manhood, me wearing a pink shirt, and listen, no one else can see this. Look at the, I have on my leopard print. Exactly. You mean to tell me that this threatens you to the point that you're going to snatch up some stuff from your child? And I taught, when I was in school teaching, I had a big burly cop, black guy, come to school in the after school program, and his little boy was a gingerhead black guy. Little big black guy, he was bigger than all the kids in his class. He was a ginger. So he had red hair, you know, and he was 10 years old. Now, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> this little boy, everybody with all the girls would be playing, guess where he would be? With the little Right girl. over there. Because you wanna know why? Because the other boys 
the other boys were taught from the people in their life. Exactly. Boys that act like that are girls. And it was so sad because his daddy came to the school because him and his mom was separated. So the dad came to me and said, I don't want you making let my boy play with no doll babies and don't let my boy. I said, what? I said, he can play with what the hell he want to play with. He's a child. You know what I'm saying? And it was, you know, we and, and the teachers would talk about it and say, well, you know where he going to be at. He going over there with the girls. I said, y'all shouldn't do that. If he likes being with the girls, let him be with the girls. You know, it is not for me as a teacher to say anything to him. And I'm not taking the doll baby from him. And I never did. So when he it's was about class, I didn't do that. It's about feeling safe. Yeah. So for me, much like what you described when you had your son, it was me. I was the only boy in my house, right? And before I say what I'm going to say, no, living in a house with all women did not make me gay. They did not. I'm using this as context. Exactly. It was me in my house. I had a younger sister who was two and a half years younger than me, who was also gay. Okay. (laughs) Out there. Okay. And... I had an older stepsister who was 10 years older than me, my mom who was 26 years older than me, and my grandmother who was 73 years older than me. When I was born in 1986, she was 73. So that means what year was she born? In 1913. Exactly, yeah. So I had four generations of women that shaped my mannerisms. Exactly. And I definitely believe that I would never take, because I do things like my mom. I do. And my son does too. Like my grandmother. Exactly. But they did not make me gay. No, it didn't happen like that. that To say it's a safety thing. So for me, all I knew was women in my household. So naturally I gravitated to women because I did not have experience with other boys or men. Like my son. I mean, he didn't know. I didn't. I couldn't teach him how to stand up and pee. You know what I'm saying? So how was he going to see it? So me, when him, when it was time for him to pie train, I had to say, hell, sit in the pot. Just sit there. I didn't care. But as long as you're not pissing on the floor. Thank you. I didn't care where he peed at. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that that's just that misconception of what people think about how queer people come along. And my thing is, if you think that someone who's born into a family of women will turn out gay. Well, ha- tell me how my son in prison, up in prison. Because he didn't come out. He, he wasn't born into a family of thugs. You but know what I'm saying? Saying, But my thing is to, you know, to generalize that. it. Right, to generalize yeah. The thing is, we don't know what kids going to do. No. Right. All you have to do is create the space for them to be. And grow. Happens is, and I'm going to tell you right now, and, I'm gonna, and I mean this, the reason that I'm able to operate my business today is because that does not happen. The reason that people need my services is because they are healing from years and years of trauma. Speaking of that, tell them, because I know too that you had a cleaning service and I'm Mm -hmm. glad that you're out of it. I mean, unlike me for right now, but uh, next time we talk, you know, next year (laughs) on another podcast, I'll be completely done with cleaning. Well, why don't you explain to them 
what you actually do, what you were doing before this, how you got into this, and then tell them about their your mentorship program and your coaching program so that maybe they can enroll because we are ready to take clients. You know, it's the first of the year. Everybody's going to be doing all of those resolution stuff. You know, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. But tell them, you know, where you came from of the cleaning service, how you ran that business being, you know, a gay man and going up until now with your coach and share, you know, share with them all of that. So a lot of people do not know because I do not advertise this. Exactly. I actually still work a full time job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most people do not know that because it is not my it's not the thing that makes me wake up in the morning. Exactly. Now, I, I like my job. I love my job. I've been doing it for almost a decade, but I'm in real estate management. That's my career. I manage an apartment community. Mm-hmm. And so that's my full-time job. My And then I went in with a partner and we started our cleaning business because I understood that as a Black gay man, that my resources were going to be limited in terms of where I could go in corporate America in a place that I could completely be me. So I said, I've got to create additional avenues to where I'm not reporting to someone because I'll tell you, Olivia, and I think me and you had this conversation is I had put in for a PTO request Mm -hmm. and the PTO request was denied. And when I tell you that pissed me off down to my soul, Mm-hmm. I'm like, you already tell me how much my hours are worth. That's right. You already tell me when to wake up and when to go to bed because I got to be here on time. Okay. But now you're going to tell me how and when I can use my free time. And that didn't sit right with me. Exactly. But I knew then that I had to do something that would allow me to be completely Norman and also be able to provide for my family. Right. Exactly. So Insert Chandra Brooks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She comes in and was like, well, okay, you're fabulous and all of that, but what is your story? And as I began to work with her, and this is why I tell everyone, even a coach has a coach. That's right. Even Michael Jordan had a coach. That's right. Okay? Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, had a coach. Even if you are at the top of your game, that does not mean that you cannot be coached. Exactly. So I said, girl, let's do it. And I will point out, I am the only male that has ever gone through the Powerhouse Academy. And once I graduated, she said that she was not enrolling any more men into the Powerhouse Academy. So I am the first and only Powerhouse male alum. Exactly. I take that with a lot of weight because I sought her out. And a lot of people don't know that. I was like, you, what do you have for me? That's right. I would even message her, I see you got this stuff for the women, but I want what you have. And so she began to work with me and we came up with, okay, well, Norman, you went through this. So how can we prevent other people from going through this? And we began to map out. And the thing is, it it was stuff that I was already doing. Exactly. (laughs) It was stuff that I was already doing. He helped me put it into a business framework to where I have a profitable business. Now, I don't do what I do for the profit, but let's be real. I got, you see these lights? Exactly. I, got those. I got things to, exactly. to, to do. And so she really set me up to create the framework. Exactly. 
And by doing so, and by owning and operating my own business, I have seen where you're about to be on the 31st in my mind. Like I see where I don't have to be involved with anything except my coaching. And which is why I even recently went and got my, I become certified life coach because I want my clients to know that I take their process seriously and I can invest in myself to help you. So it, I got to where I am by acknowledging that I had to create my own lane. Now, that's not to say we need everybody in every lane. Not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone is meant to be a coach. But I knew my lane did not exist, and I had to create it. You did that. You did that. And Chandra, I've been with her. I, this is my second time being coached by her. First time I got coached by her, I didn't miss it. My son was on his way to prison. I had a lot going on because you right. have to be coachable. Okay. Right. You have to be coachable. And I used to tell her back then I was a bad student. You know, I was just like I'm a bad student. I, I didn't do anything she told me to do. I was just a horrible student. Well, I didn't pay that much money then, but see, look how she <laughs> fast forward a couple of years. That's just to charge me. Okay. <laughs> Well, the, but the thing is, that's but what that's what happens yes, when right. you don't move when you're supposed to exactly. move. Exactly. How many times have you gone online to book a plane ticket? Exactly. And I'm away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as you go back the last day, that shit all the way up there. And that's what it, you know, and that's what happened with her. And so I told my husband, I said, okay, I really want to invest in Chandra. Okay, because I is I ended up getting another coach as well. I have a YouTube coach because I also like YouTube a lot. And they both were saying the same things. She was doing her coaching the one way, and Chandra was doing hers up that way. So she also helped me frame what I need to do, you know. And I kept saying that I was gonna change the mental health aspect because everybody was like, Well, mental health is so broad, and you don't you're not really a professional. And one of the ladies told me, Well, when somebody um got when you were down and out. Who did you call? I was like, well, I called the um, mental health professional. They was like, right. I said, like, well, see, that's a different story because I do get more people who are entrepreneurs who are depressed. So who do they go to? You know what I'm saying? Because therapists can't tell them how to wake up in the morning when you can't feel like waking up. So, you know, I'm glad I got coached. I'm glad that she's still there with us. I mm-hmm. don't mind being coached. And I'm glad that you have an outlet for the LGBTQ community, because there probably are so many girls and boys who want to do exactly what you're doing. And when I tell you about entrepreneurship, you did it your way. I did it because I, my lady, um, the lady who I used to work for, I used to make a lot of money. She used to make a lot of money off of me, but she didn't let me speak to, my son had a fever of like 104. And when the school called her, she never told me. So I got to the school eight hours later. And they were like, you know, Miss Olivia, like your son is about to die. Like what's going on? I knew it was time for me to get to be a damn entrepreneur. I didn't know how right. I, I started my business 20 years ago. So, you know, I'm in a different, I was in a different. But, but how, but first of all, let's just honor that. 20 years ago was in 2000, yep. right? This was the year that people thought that the lights were cut off when it went from 1999 to 2000. Oh, yeah. This is, this is. This is when, but listen, I remember because the reason I know this year very well is that's the year I graduated elementary school and went into high school. So I remember people packing up food and 
all of that. So for you to have launched a business. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Y2K. Don't you remember? It was Y2K. It, is. it, it sure was. was. And, and the reason I knew this is because my mom worked for the electric company. So it was like, they were like, oh, when everything goes to zero, zero, everything's going to go back to 1900 and it's going to erase all these because they didn't realize that the computers had the knowledge or the people operating them to move to 2000. Exactly. Honor that. You started a business when people thought that computers <laughs> and everything was going to shut down. I did not. Re- I, you know what? I literally did not. I totally forgot about that. I did. And I also started business in the era of the phone book. So you would know nothing about the phone book. Okay. Listen, I told you my grandma was 73 when I was oh, born. Exactly. I know about the phone book. You know, it's a phone book. There was no social media. There were no place for me to, you know, get on there and say, okay, this is pleasure for cleanings. I had to literally go walk and put mail, you know, flyers and mailboxes and stuff like that. So I had to get a big old ad in the phone book and have people pick me out. <laughs> so, you know, I'm glad that we both have an outlet where people with mental health can come to, people who are LGBTQ. I mean, I'm just so excited about that. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I follow your story and I just love everything about your post. You just curse and don't care. You know, the only reason why I don't curse as much is because my pastor is on my... And the thing is, you, but, my... but the thing is, but that's, but you're being true to you. Yeah, yeah. Respect that. But just know whenever I come into the room, yeah. I to be me and this has been a dynamic that has even changed with my parents because back in the day i would be like this is some bush uh, crap no yeah you're going to get yeah. me <laughs> you're going to get me unfiltered and it was an adjustment yeah and again yeah. it's about that thing about being watered down and i just am not going to do that and so you know yeah. olivia I, I have to honor you because people like you have paved the way for little color boys like me to be in the entrepreneurial space. You know, my mom was a young entrepreneur. Same thing. I remember her printing flyers on a printer where you can only print one page at a time. Say it again. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that's back in the day when you could put a flyer in a mailbox. Now you can't open nobody's mailbox to do that. You go to jail for that. Right. But just think, you have created something sustainable sustainable yeah you have proof of work yeah because people told me you know remember my family comes from that and i'm pretty sure your mom like you said your mom was working at the electric company but they come from the era of pensions okay you don't retire you retire from that damn job okay right. you so you work there job. until they tell you to stop exactly and then you keep collecting and you keep collecting so when i started the business you know when i my grandmother said because she was a housekeeper for all her life She's like, oh, no, honey. I was like, well, what do you mean, Grandma? She said, I don't want you to be a maid like I was. So I said, Grandma, I am going to be the owner of the business. I had to let her know that God rest her soul. She died when she was 100. But she didn't understand that I was not going to be the maid per se. But those checks were coming to me now. You know what I'm saying? Right. She was there to see me started, but she did not, nobody wanted me to do this business. They didn't think entrepreneurship because they were in the, my family's from the country. So they were like cotton picking slave people. So you didn't, you didn't do that kind of stuff. And who, who are you to step out and be some rebel? 
You know, who are you to do that? So I am so glad that I did not listen. I'm so right. glad that I did not listen. And I'm so glad that you didn't listen and that you didn't, you know, stay under wraps because we need your unicornness. Okay. I, <laughs> I love everything about this whole unicorn. Explain to them before we wrap it up though, who you want to coach, who, why should they come to your program? Why should they put on their unicorn ears and get their butts on and be coached by Norman J. Liverpool before? Number one is because we're the same. That's right. My mom always taught me to be no respecter of persons. I talk to the janitor to the same way I talk to the CEO. Say it again. We're all the same. Why not? If I, and, and I, I need to be clear, because this is one thing that Chandra coaches me on. I am speaking LGBTQ plus millennials. That is who I'm talking to. Now, a lot of people, even my mom was like, well, why is it so specific? Why are there groups for black women? Why are there groups for uh, whatever the case? This is my community because I'm part of it. And so the reason why you want to work with me is because I want to give you advantage of my mistakes. See, when I was making the mistakes, all I was doing was just bumping my damn head. That's right. What I want to give you is a roadmap so where you can see that shit and be like, oh, that's what Coach Norman was talking about. That's what he meant. And so this program is for any LGBTQIA plus person that is tired of being muted and is tired of, of having to water down their story, is tired of not even knowing what their story is because people have been writing it for them their entire lives. Exactly. Exactly. This is for you. So I invite anyone that is interested and maybe guess what? It may not be for you, but you may have a nephew, you may have a niece, an auntie, an uncle. That's Connect right. with me. My website is www dot over the top living.com. If you go to that website and scroll at the bottom, you can do a submission form. It comes directly to my phone. And I know you can't see it, but I'm holding up my phone. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, but I can see it. They can't see it. <laughs> right. It comes right up on my phone and I will connect with you. Even if you require a service or product that I don't offer, That's connect right. with me because my network is huge. So I may be able to say, you know what? You might need this type of coaching, Mm -hmm. right? Because I am not a business coach. I have a business coach to operate my business, but I can't teach you how to start and sustain a business. What I can teach you is how to recognize that that unique thing within you is powerful and help you bring that out and not just bring out, but bring it out in an unapologetic and unashamed way. I absolutely, and I love that name, Over the Top Living. Like, you're totally over the top. (laughs) But you want to know what? I I chose that as my business name because people told me that as a negative. Oh, he's so over the top. He's, and I am over. Yes. 
That's I'm right. extra like a side of avocado. Exactly. And I love that. I mean, and I love it. And that's the thing. You have to use what, and that's what I always do. And I even post my stuff in Facebook. I use everything that people threw at me. I catched it and I put it in my little book and then I use it in my topics. I use it in my posts. I do that all the time. So before we do wrap up, I do all, and I think this is what I'm going to do for all my guests. But if you have, to work with anybody in the world that you know if we were if, if that person was somehow happened to get my podcast i hope and pray that ever happens but if you want if you had to work with somebody just that one person that you wanted to work with in the world who would it be it's that black gay man and i'm gonna say and i'm gonna remove gay out of it mm-hmm. that person of color masculine male identifying person that has been told that they're not enough. It has been, they have been told that they'll never be enough. Mm -hmm. Been told that they won't live to see to see 30. They've been told those things that I'm coming for you and anyone else under the sound of my voice who is LGBTQIA and I messed it up LGBTQIA plus Unicorn, I'm coming for all of you. Understand that it is my life's mission to come for each and every one of you. So if this doesn't resonate with you, share it with your girlfriend, share it with your boyfriend. If you have an enemy, share it with them five times. You know, when I used to do drag, I would say, if you like what you see, tip a bitch a dollar. If you hate what you see, tip a bitch a 20. So <laughs> If you, you know, if you, if this not for you, send it to someone else because you never know the blessing that you may be in someone's That's life. Right. Yes. Yeah. So please share the podcast, share it to everybody, everybody, everybody. share the podcast while I am going, we are going to wrap it up here. I will, I am just so happy about this particular episode. I, I want to thank you so much for gracing my podcast, my little old podcast. Nah, no, I'm speaking life into it. It's a big old podcast. Okay, yeah, this bigger podcast. I thank you so much for, um, you know, gracing, you know, me with your presence. It was so much fun. And I like the fact that, you know, and I think I may change the title now to, you know, instead of saying the conversation, maybe cocktails. In the conversation, because Baby, I that's what it is. like that. It was cute. I mean, we enjoyed our cocktails, Zoom meeting. I mean, you know, because that's what everything is doing now. And I can't wait till we actually can fly out because we're mm-hmm. gonna both meet up with Chandra in LA and yeah. be over the top in LA. Do you hear yeah. me? Yeah, <laughs> that's sure. what we're gonna do. So thank you all again for tuning in to you know listening to this podcast. You know that I release a podcast every Friday. Again, I am your host, Olivia B. Shepherd. And I want you, you know, Norman, you did tell them where they can find you. Tell them where they can find you at. Are so you over all over yeah. the social medias. Oh, yes. So if you are on Twitter, if you are on Instagram, and if you are on TikTok, 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 Twitter, or Instagram, you can find me at The Mr. Liverpool. If you are are on Facebook, you can find me at Over the Top Living Now. 
If you are on just online, you can go to www.overthetopliving.com. And I'll have all those links in the bottom of the podcast description, along with this awesome bayou. I mean, I, it, it was just so awesome. I, I mean, I was just like reading, you know, I was just like, oh my God, I want to be coached. <laughs> like, oh God, I want to be coached. You know, it was <laughs> awesome. It was a t- and that picture, oh my God, I can't wait to share that picture. That was a beautiful picture. I, I really, I'm like, now. Hey, iPhone, iPhone 8 Plus. Oh, well, honey, that, that it, it did you justice, okay? So thank, thank you, you again for tuning in. Thank you all for listening um, to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so that you can get cocktails and the conversation every Friday. Because if you don't subscribe, you will not know when, when the episodes are coming out. Also, don't forget to give a chick five stars over there in iTunes, okay? I'm going to need y'all to go ahead and start rating my podcast. Thank you again. And I will definitely be back next week with the cocktails in conversation. Thank you. Bye now. You've been listening to Girl, Your Journey Starts Here. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Tune in next time for another episode with your host, Olivia B. Shepard. Until then.